And more breaking news that we're following right now surrounding an Oklahoma death row inmate. Just moments ago, Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt announcing that despite the pardon and parole board's recommendation, he will not grant clemency to Bigler Stouffer. Bigler was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to death for fatally shooting Putnam City teacher Linda Reeves in 1985. He's set to be executed next Thursday at 10 a.m. Late Tuesday night, I got an email from a person who said that Bigler, Bud Stauffer, a man on Oklahoma's death row who is set to be executed Thursday, wanted someone to talk to. Are you interested, he asked. I said yes, and on Wednesday morning, Stauffer called me from the Oklahoma State Penitentiary in McAllister. He wanted to tell me that he was innocent and that he'd rather die clinging to that innocence claim than spend the rest of his life in prison. He wanted to tell people that he was at peace with his execution, that he'd found God and was ready to go to heaven. But first, I want to talk about his case. Stauffer was convicted in 1985 of killing a woman named Linda Reeves and shooting a man named Doug Ivins. He claimed it was self-defense and that someone else had killed Reeves. The jury didn't buy it and eventually sentenced him to death. While on death row, Stauffer got a second chance when his case was overturned due to an ineffective assistance of counsel ruling that essentially found his attorneys had not done a good enough job. In 2003, he was again found guilty and sentenced to death. Altogether, he spent more than 35 years in prison. Last month, Stauffer appeared before the Oklahoma Pardon Parole Board where he, again, pitched a case for his innocence. The board didn't buy it, but, somewhat surprisingly, still recommended clemency for him. Weeks earlier, Oklahoma had conducted its first execution since 2015, killing a man named John Marion Grant. Grant, media witnesses said, convulsed two dozen times and vomited twice on himself after the first of the three drugs were administered. He was eventually pronounced dead about 20 minutes after that process began. The Pardon Parole Board recommended clemency for Stauffer, not because they believed he was innocent. In fact, one board member said they were disappointed he had used his time in front of them to campaign for his innocence, but because they were concerned with Oklahoma's ability to execute someone. Earlier this month, Governor Kevin Stitt declined to grant clemency to Stauffer, setting the stage for his execution. Okay, you there? Yes, I am. Okay. So, um, I mean, I've got a lot of stuff I'd like to talk to you about. I, I watched your uh, clemency hearings, um, but, you know, I'd like to kind of know what, what's on your mind. I can get to sort of my questions later. What's on your mind right now? Kind of what you'd like to talk about. Uh, I'd like to talk about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, being in my life and my being able to witness to all 113 people that have been executed since 85 since I've been here. And I'm trying, uh, I've learned to grow where the Lord planted me in 1985. And after 36 plus years, I've been an instrument of his to spread his word to these people, and they're supposed to execute me at 10 o'clock in the morning, and I'm at perfect peace about that, because if the Lord's through with me in this assignment, then I'll go home and be with him. So that's, you know, that's one of the things I was, you know, wanting to talk to you about was tomorrow, sort of your mindset going into tomorrow and how you have been the last month, month and a half, you know, with everything that's gone on. So you say you're... uh, you're at peace with it right now. I mean, I know, you know, there's still things that could happen in the next 24 hours, but but either way, you're at peace. Absolutely. I would like to be able to prove my innocence while I'm alive, but I think it will be proven later, even if it's not done while I'm alive. I've got some good people that are going to do some more investigation that has never been done. And uh, the facts, F-A-C-T-S, prove that I'm innocent and nobody's ever wanted to listen to him. So tell me, you know, the, the 1985 trial, 
um, or the original trial. Obviously, that that did not go your way, and then all these years later, you, you get a another chance, and then it uh, sort of also didn't go your way. And I'm just curious, what was your mindset going into that 2003 trial? Did you hope that? Did you hope? Did you think that that would be the end of of your time in prison, and, the, and that that trial would uh, have a different outcome in 1985? You know, I'm sure you did. And then, what was your thinking when it was over with? Were you disappointed in your in your defense, you know, and in, in, in your attorney and in, in the case they presented? And how did how did you feel at that point when that that trial ended and you were uh, back in prison? I figured um, I'd be exonerated. Yeah, and so you I thought you'd the be truth exonerated. Would come out. Yeah, and then it doesn't happen. I mean, what was that? You know, that had to be a tough pill to swallow. What was that like for you? I mean, you know, almost two decades in prison. You think you're this is it. You're getting out, and then you know, right back, right back. In, not only right back in, but you, you know, you said you're disappointed in the in the case that your defense uh, presented. So how how was that like for you um, at that point? Well, I I prayed about it, and the Lord gave me peace and said, I'm not through with you yet. I planted you where you were, and I'm not through with you yet. So I said, okay, Lord, we'll go through this again. And and you and told me at the beginning of the phone call that, you know, when you talked about even being at peace now, you know, going into tomorrow, that uh, about that, about you feeling like God planted you there and you using, yeah. you know, I imagine the last 18 years, um, like you described, to use yourself sort of as a witness to the other men who had, have been executed, right? I mean, talk to me a little bit about that. Right. That, that kind of, you view that as like a uh, responsibility that you have given where you are in your story? Absolutely. I've, I've been, when I came to know the Lord, I told him, I said, if you'll bring me into your fold, I'll do whatever you say. And that means whatever he says. So coming to prison was one of the things that, was left with me, so I said, okay, Lord, that's where you want me. I'll grow right where you planted me. Everybody that knows me knows I've been on fire for the Lord for years and years and years. I've taken a lot of ridicule from it, but that's okay. That's their problem, not mine. I'd like to go back to, um, you talked a little bit about, you know, how we just talked about your 2003 trial, and I want to kind of compare that and, you know, and how you felt around that time to, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier, about your uh, clemency hearing that they held last month, which I, you know, I watched, and it was very, very interesting, I thought. Sort of got a chance to lay out all this uh, information, right? I mean, a lot of this stuff that probably didn't even make it into the 2003 trial, you got to tell the pardon and parole board. And um, when it was over, I wondered what their response would be. Because, you know, the pardon pro board, I don't know how much of this, you know, you get to see uh, from your vantage point, but they've been under a lot of scrutiny uh, with the, you know, how they, the role that they play in these clemency hearings and with people who are on death row. And I wondered what their response would be to your story that that you laid out, you know, that you would probably, maybe even for the first time, some of this, you've got to lay out, you know, sort of some of this evidence. And their response generally was, we don't believe that you are innocent. However, we are still going to recommend clemency. And I just wondered what your, how you felt about their response, um, how you felt about... I didn't even want to do clemency, but my attorneys thought it would be best. Because, and here's, here's why. Clemency would mean, uh, the way I interpret it, is what the parole board wanted to hear was, oh, yes, I did it, and I'm sorry I did it, 
please forgive me. And that's not me, because I'm not going to confess to something I didn't do. They even said that, so right? I, I believe at the end of the hearing, they said, oh, well, we would hope that we would have heard, um, I think, I can't remember which board member it was, but it said something to that line that they would have liked, you know, they said to have heard, um, you know, essentially an apology and, and an admission of guilt, and you're saying that that was never on the table for you. You you've maintained that you're innocent, and you wouldn't you would never do that. That's correct. I'm not going to admit to something. Listen, I, in 1979, I ran into problems with finances, and I was convicted. I was brought charges against me for income tax evasion, and through the series of events, I pled guilty to it because I was guilty. And if if this deal came up in 85, I would have pled guilty had I been guilty. I'm totally innocent of killing Linda Reeves. I am guilty of shooting Doug Ivins, but in self-defense. That's justifiable in the law, and that's my evidence of innocence, that I had to shoot him or I would have been shot myself. The board did not want to hear any of that. They already had their mind made up. I didn't want to do clemency in the first place because the only thing they could grant me was clemency, not relief, not not to go home. I need an investigation to prove my innocence. That has never happened yet. I've never had an investigation. What was your feeling like, though? You know, I mean, it was sort of, you know, I wonder, it's sort of an up and down emotion because on the one hand they say, well, we think you're guilty and we don't believe you know, your your case for innocence. However, they still did grant a recommendation of clemency to the governor, and obviously, you know, he has since denied that. But what did that um, did that give you hope whenever they nope, recommended nope. that? Or? No, no, because I knew that their decision was based on the fact that they still had thought I was guilty, but they said because their problem with the execution protocol, we're going to vote to recommend clemency. So it was the wrong reasons they were voting to grant clemency, in my opinion. They were alleging it on something totally different. You Did me? you think that the governor would, that that would sway the governor at all? I mean, that's what I wondered. What... I, was, I was pleased that the governor denied me because had he granted it, to a life without parole, that's worse than a death penalty, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, I wondered that too. They, that, you know, I'm sure you know with Julius Jones, um, he was given uh, granted clemency, but uh, it was changed to life without parole. And I know, you know, I've spoken to people on on death row, you know, many times before, and they have some of them have said that they would rather be executed while maintaining their innocence than be um, granted you know, to, than to be in prison forever uh, with the presumption that they are guilty. And and that, to me, a, a life without is worse than a death penalty. And see, here's the thing. I have no fear of death. I've been close to death before. I've seen into heaven. I did not want to come back, so I know what I've got waiting for me. So I have no fear at all. And if I, if I was guilty... I would admit that I'm guilty. I'm just that honest. I want to ask you about, you know, sort of the reason that the, get your thoughts on this, the reason that the board uh, did recommend clemency for you in the first place was, like like you mentioned, not that, that they believed that you were innocent, but because they had issues with the uh, execution protocol and how the state, you know, has conducted executions. 
when you know the state has executed one person so far since they started doing it again, John Grant, and um, it did not go you know particularly well in the you know the eyes of the witnesses, I guess, who were there. Um, DOC has sort of agreed with some of that. But I wondered, what were your thoughts when you heard how that execution of John Grant went, knowing that, you know, you were um, one of the next one of the next ones up? I didn't have an opinion, or I had heard about boxed executions in uh, several, Charles Warner, the one before that was worse. But... Uh, that that all doesn't it doesn't even measure I, I don't measure anything by that because the thing that concerns me is the actual protocol that is now in place is an absolute joke. Tell me a little bit about that. They instead of when Lockett when Clayton Lockett got executed, he went two I think it was two days before he was to be executed, he was isolated. Now the new protocol has you isolated for 35 days. 35 days under observation 24-7 by an officer sitting at the door watching you, making notes. 35 days. And the fundamental parts about visits, about different things, it, the protocol is written in such a way that it is cruel and unusual. That's what I was told was that you had some family members who w- were hoping to visit you, um, you know, before tomorrow and were told that um, it essentially was too late. Is that right? That's correct. And and the, their protocol is, if you, let's see, if you don't fill out the forms at least 30 days in advance, then they can't be here. They asked me what I wanted for last meal. I had no idea at that time what I wanted for last meal. They said, well, if you don't list it, you don't get it. I said, that's fine with me. So you you aren't doing the last meal? No. And it carried forth in visitors, too. You know, I want to get back into if if there is no stay tomorrow, um, can you – you know, tell me what you want people to to think about you and to remember about you. If, if you that know, I have if, forgiven that I have forgiven everybody involved in the case and I'm at peace completely. Okay, Bud. Well, I really, you know, I really appreciate it. Um, I appreciate you giving me a call and talking to me. You bet. Me.